Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. Christmas drafting make a killing, spending all your pee, don't look under the tree, ain't no presents till your birthday, ain't no presents till your birthday, happy holidays everybody, welcome to the final Saturday Draft Live of 2022, my name is David Hockney and joining me today is uh, somebody who actually overslept this morning but he powers through to make the last show of the year, it is number 44 himself, Scott McLeod. Well, that that was that that was god awful. Jesus Christ! <laughs> did someone, I know. Did someone, I know. Jesus, did someone step on your testicles this morning, David? Jesus, I never heard a man sing that highly. Uh, I mean, I only sing well when I've had a drink in me. You know, it's first thing in the morning, so I'm a little bit, a little bit raspy with the the old Mickey Mouse voice a little bit. <laughs> uh, but anyway, nobody's here. Nobody's here to hear me sing. We're here to talk about uh, Saturday Draft Live and the draft performers uh, for the final show of the year. Uh, Now, bear in mind, we have had Raw, NXT, SmackDown, NXT Deadline was last week, but we've also got tribute to the trips coming tonight as well, so I really hope we get uh, some uh, points on the board for that as well. But that's for another time. That's for later on in the show. So we have the top three of the week. Uh, Coming in third place is Rhea Ripley. With 10 points overall. I believe she picked up a win this week over Asuka. I think uh, did Asuka not win? A, all, all I've seen of that match is just memes about uh, Dominic getting misted in the face. Mm-hmm. No, wait, yeah, she did win that match, yeah, because then Asuka went into a bit of a into a bit of a slump, it seems. It, it looks like she's been teasing the return of her Kana character as well. You know, she came out with no face paint this week. Rhea Ripley, is, as part of Judgment Day, you know, certainly seems to be the uh, one of the big scorers and definitely a, a safe pair of hands when it comes to getting points on the board, wouldn't you say? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm just surprised to see her in the top uh, three this week because considering some of the picks we've got uh, in the league and the fact that we've had some big title matches like at Deadline or yeah, some of AW and SmackDown last night, so I was actually surprised to see her and here is the captaincy on her. I believe so. Um, if I can just remember who was this, who picked her. Um, yeah, David, who's Campbell, who's got her. So I think maybe the captaincy. I think that might help. But I think she's definitely yeah. going to be a uh, asset on the draft for like the next season or two because I think there's big rumors about her plans for me. That she may be definitely the one in contention to to take the Raw Women's title, plus Judgment Day are prominently featured, mm-hmm. uh, more so as the Triple H era of Raw, as, and, uh, uh, as the Triple H era of WWE uh, continues, so mm-hmm. yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see we were up against that. I mean, she was a strong pick before, but then I think with her picking, there was a wee point where she was, where she was kind of inconsistent, but now I think she's definitely a top like pick in terms of like yeah, the female side of the roster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, first round pick for the GOAT captaincy applied and also i believe she's an early favorite to win the women's royal rumble so i think we should keep an eye on her this season but the big talking point of this week is nxt deadline uh but uh and also uh 
one of the top scoring tag teams of the past season. Because uh, coming in at second place is Damage Control with 14 points. Uh, chosen, thankfully, this time as a as a first round selection by Grant McRobbie. So, smart man. With the captaincy applied, they had a title defense against Liv Morgan and Tegan Knox this past week. And, of course, appearing across both Raw and SmackDown. It's got to be a contributing factor to them uh, doing so well, not just this season, but past seasons as well. But the main difference being is that Dakota and Eeyore are now picked as a tag team this season, whereas last season uh, they were picked as individuals. How do you think that's going to change uh, with them picked as a tag team as opposed to them being picked as individuals? No, I'll the credit. The only reason he's got them is because I picked them for him because... But guy can they show up to the bloody selection show? But mm. I definitely I, I was calling out like all of last season the fact that I think Dakota had like one more singles match than EO had and had won mm-hmm. that match. So basically, there's like a two point or so difference between the the singles picks. I thought like why are they not a tag team? Because I think the point they still would have been like a juggernaut tag pick and they would have helped whoever had them as a tag team win that that season. So I definitely that's going to come into play here, and um, I don't know if I'll have many other title defenses in such a short season. I know they had a title defense successful last night against Tegan and and Liv Morgan, but I do think they're going to hold on the belts for a little while. And I think for now, given how prominent they are across both brands, because as tag champs they can go across one SmackDown, they are definitely going forward uh, going to be better as a tag pick than a singles pick. Mm-hmm. And both Damage Control and Rhea Ripley sitting on 16 points in the top 10 of the season, currently joint fourth. So still early doors for this season, but I imagine we're going to see both of them being top scorers throughout the season. If not for Damage Control's title defenses, definitely for appearance points alone, given that they're the mo- one of the most talked about groups in WWE as a whole, not just Monday Night Raw. But the big scorer this week, as I alluded to, NXT deadline is Ross's captain, Bron Breaker with 23 points, getting a pretty safe win over Apollo Crews, but looks to have a new challenger in the form of Grayson Waller after winning the Iron Survivor match. So we said last week that I think the GOAT called Ross McLeod out for not putting the captaincy on the Usos, and I think he might have had a point there, but looking at Braun Breaker scoring 23 points from a paper, I mean, that can't be ignored in its own right, and I, I think you can sort of see where Ross's thinking was on this. Yeah, can I just say something about this? This was annoying me last week when I was listening back to Sad Draft Live. We knew we were very much you know, talking about this in terms of Ross not making the so as his captain, as if Ross had already fucked the season for himself, despite the fact Ross is at the top of the table. And it makes all the sense in the world for Ross to make Ron Breaker's captain to start the season, you know, because he had a pay-per-view, mm-hmm. his pay-per-view points, you know, they don't call them pay-per-views anymore. He's, he's a champion. Well, anyway, pay-per-view points apply for an NXT show like Deadline. Like, captain, mm-hmm. captain winning a title match on a pay-per-view, highest points you can get, and you need those points on a short season. So, one coming up with, like you said, a safe win. So, a safe win, you know, means guaranteed points, which is what you need in this season. And so, so off the captain down there where he knew he would get the points, because you give him an advice to keep him at the top of the table, which... He is, and now he told me last night now that he's, he was originally going to keep the, the captaincy on to Braun Breaker. Oh, hello, hello. I was say hello, hello. Is this a, a breaking news story? 
Yes, yes, there is. Uh, he was going to keep, keep the captaincy on uh, Bromberg until New Year's Evil because he was confident he could beat Grayson Waller. But the announcement that the Usos have a title defence next week against Hit Row, uh, Ross has decided to make the, make the captaincy official now and move it to the Usos. But Exclusive. Even if he waited. Even if he waited to New Year's Evil, I do think the idea of like, even if he waited to New Year's Evil, I still think uh, Braun Breaker was still a safe pick. I think it was still a good idea to have the captaincy on Braun Breaker to start off, get the points, like now get the most points you can get from him as a captain, and then move the captaincy to the mm-hmm. more reliable pick. I, you know, it's not a, not an original strategy that Ross has done here. People have done it in the past, where they think like so and so could get me point more points as a captain. Good. That's probably all the most points he's going to get me. Switch captaincy to someone else. And it's not as if the Usos, without the captaincy, are going to do badly. No, not at all. I mean, they're currently on 19 points overall in the top 10 of the season, currently number two, just behind Brom Breaker himself. So Ross, I think, is now in a very, very good position with uh, a possible title defence over Hit Row this coming week on SmackDown. So there you have it. First captaincy change of the season. Ross McLeod has changed from Brom Breaker to the Usos. Uh, just to reiterate for all participants, including Listeners League participants, you are allowed to change your captaincy once uh, per season. So if you feel like your current captain isn't doing too well, you can obviously make a change. But once you do that, there's no going back. So there you have it. First yeah. uh, captaincy change of the season. Ross has now got the Usos as his team captain. But moving on and to he the... Does need, and, he, and he will need all the points and get across Braun and the Usos because uh, mm-hmm. one of his, he's unfortunately been the victim of a a pick getting let go, which has come all too common <laughs> in the last oh, couple you, of years. You get ahead of me here. Um, this is about to explain that in the, the leaderboard here. So, looking at the top 10, starting off, bottom of the table, Gary Kernahan, Team Viscera on 15 points. He's had a, he's had a pretty rough couple of seasons thus far, and it's, uh, it's showing again here today. Then again, I've, I go off for a season, and I'm already <laughs> stinking the place out as well. So... Myself and the West End Country Club is currently ninth on 16 points. And then there's a bit of a jump. Uh, we have last season's winner, Ryan Dalgleish, uh, party time with rigorous dancing on 28 points. But then it starts to get a bit competitive. The points are pretty close from here on out. So seventh place, Andy Mitchell and Ryan's wardrobe on 30 points. Uh, sixth place, Grant McRobbie, what the Funaki, 32 points. The GOAT, David Campbell, Team GOAT, in fifth place, 35 points. And then for... Third and fourth, there's uh, only a four-point difference between you lot. So fourth place, Jack Graham, the three-time Kings of Drafting, on 36 points, just one point ahead. Then third place, Stephen Wilson, Papa Trips Loves a Steak Bake, on 39 points. And at the top, it's a full-on Brothers of the Brothers of Destruction feud. We have one point separating the top two. Scott, you're in second place with Scissor Me Daddy Draft on 48. And just ahead is your brother, Ross with Hey Diddle Riddle on 49 points. Both of you scoring at least 30 points this week. But as you mentioned uh, just there, Ross has taken a bit of a major hit in his team despite you know having a couple of big scorers this week because Mandy Rose lost the NXT Women's title this week to Roxanne Perez, and she's also been released because of some uh, some rather saucy content behind a paywall. Yeah, it was kind of unfortunate the way that that all went down because she wasn't on deadline, which annoyed Ross when we were watching it because he didn't know that she wasn't going to be on it. And she finally does appear on TV, only to lose the title. And then that's little do we know that was going to be her only appearance this season. Mm. And now she's if she's gone to lose it to Roxanne Perez, who's not even been picked this season by anybody. 
Mm. And I was surprised to see Ross one point ahead of me, though, because I know he had the Usos appearing last night and he had Bray Wyatt making an appearance. But I was, I, I actually had the one point lead before going into SmackDown, thanks to NJF uh, winning on Dynamite, retaining the World Championship, as I thought he would. Uh, but I thought Gunther was defending the IC title, so I thought that would give me a couple point lead. But you know, I'm happy to be here because I spent far too much time the last couple of seasons on the bottom end of the table. So I'm just happy to be on this side mm-hmm. for a change. But you and Gary, Jesus, you guys won the Mania, the Rumble yeah. Mania tag season. I know, right? Both, both of you have done absolutely terrible, respectively, since then. Like, I've never seen anyone take such a fall. Since this, since that Santa Claus fell off Tim Allen's roof. <laughs> Tell you what, that's a classic film, by the way. <laughs> oh, I thought I'd you know make it make it current, you know, Christmas references and all that. Yeah, absolutely. But as going with the the draft can be an unforgiving place, and if one of your team members gets released, there is no replacements allowed. So from this point on, Ross is operating with a five person team, well, four person plus a tag team, going forward. So, I mean, do you th- will no, this affect his no, ch- will this affect his chances of winning? Well, maybe, maybe not because yes, yeah, she she only have like three points now that she's been released. But you remember Ryan Douglas is last season's winner, and he won uh, last season with a pick on zero points, which I don't think anyone's ever actually done before because he made the the bold choice of trying to pick Sasha and Naomi, and they didn't mm. turn up last season, but it didn't stop him. Yeah, and uh, Sasha's been rumored to be going to New Japan as well so i doubt she's going to be picked uh, in future seasons going forward unless she makes a really big shocking return but unfortunately scott it's that time of the show again where luckily you know it's the last one of the year so we might as well send this uh, send this year off with a bang it's uh, would you mind doing the the listeners league top five for this week uh, uh, it's christmas dave and this is what I you've know. got me the I know. worst secret Santa I've ever gone. Like I've got, I've got a box. I've unwrapped the box. Oh, it's a box for a PS5. Open up the box instead of a PS5. Someone's taking a massive turd. <laughs> put a massive turd in the box. That's what this is to me. That's exactly oh. what that is. Ah, oh, right. Top five of the listeners' league. Matt Matt Smith with Bitty Woes on forty nine points. Elliot Carter, uh, Macho, Macho Max, I don't know what that is. <laughs> You're, Elliot, why is your team name so confusing? Bad. Craig for save, insert what your team name here, you unfunny bastard. You can't even think of a proper team name. And, and just jo- and making jokes about not being able to come up with a team name is not a good team name. He's also on 51 points. Uh, on 52 points, Tom Brock, World Cup winners 2022. Well, the Netherlands aren't in the final, so you fucked mm. that one up, haven't you? Yep. And uh, on 59 points, top half dreaming. Well, your dreams come true, Anthony Reynolds, because you are number one in the Listeners League. I don't know you. don't care to know you, but we, we, might, we might see you next season. Who does? Merry Christmas. Bah humbug. Fuck the Listeners League. I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh but I'll tell you what's keeping Anthony Reynolds at the top of the table, though. It's the, the Usos as his team captain, and they've got a title defence coming up on SmackDown, as for mentioned. So you never know. He could be ploughing ahead. You know, he's also got Bailey, Kevin Owens, Orange Cassidy, Jade Cargill, and Santos Escobar 
a pretty pretty good mix of uh, of talent there, especially with Kevin Owens getting involved in the Bloodline feud, uh, Jade Cargill obviously still undefeated, and yeah, just a uh, generally a lot of a uh, a pretty well rounded team carried by a, a juggernaut uh, tag team. But well, Scott, it's the um it's the end of the se- it's the end of the year, and uh, we do have one. I wouldn't, I wouldn't call it a pay-per-view per se, but we have Tribute to the Troops, the 20th anniversary is happening tonight. I imagine it's already been pre-taped. And I think next week's SmackDown has also been pre-taped. And spoiler alert, I have read the results of of that SmackDown. So I imagine uh, we could probably update the scores as and when, you know, Tribute to the Troops airs. Fair enough. I mean, I've... I mean, person from the main roster is a baddie, and they always lose on Tribute to Troops and Gunther. So I, I don't imagine they'd book, if he's on the show, that they'd book the big Aust- mean Austrian on the big Yay America show and have him <laughs> win a match. Unless Mia Yim decides to pop up and win a match on that show, then I'm not holding out my breath for anything from Tribute to the Troops. Yeah, well, I, I, what I have seen in Tribute to the Troops is that there's a six person tag match with uh, Imperium. Going up against uh, Drew, Sheamus, and Ricochet. So oh, whoever has, losing. yeah, I'm thinking whoever has the. Th- well, I was going to say whoever's the three non-Americans. I mean, the the guy, the team with the one American on it is also joined by an Irishman and a Scotsman. So it's not exactly Team USA, but it's uh, it's the face team. So I imagine they will win. Oh well, every, every, Drew has a Americanized Scottish accent and. You know, Seamus is Irish. Every Tom, Dick, and Harry in America thinks they're one quarter on 18th Irish. So, you know, it's a, it's a win for America if it's a win for Ireland in their eyes. But uh, also, Steen, I think, I know maybe we get appearance points for Walter for Spanish, because I think it's, it's like Braun and Wait, who's, Wal- who's Walter? Think- Sorry, Gunther. There we go. Gunther. <laughs> uh, Will probably be in the corner of Ludwig and uh, Giovanni Vinci because they've apparently got a miracle on 34 street fight against uh, Ricochet and Braun Strowman. So I imagine Gunther will be in their corner for that one. Uh, what a shit show that's going to be. Oh, Ricochet's had a fair bit of exposure this season as well. I, has he been drafted? No, I think so. That's kind of baffling. I mean, you know, the, the, I mean, the big match he could have won was the was last night and he lost it. So. Mm. The important thing is though he's getting heavily featured on SmackDown, so it's still uh, still a chance for some solid uh, solid appearance points. Well, I don't know what to tell you, Dave. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but yeah, as as always with the, uh, re- the wrestling business, towards the end of the year, it's Christmas time, it's New Year's time. Things t- tend to be a little bit quieter and stuff, and things don't really pick up until till the new year so like with nxt we've got new year's evil and then we've got an allegedly a massive uh, international show in india along with uh, raw's 30th anniversary and then it's the royal rumble so a lot of stuff happening uh, over the next month or so but scott before we go um there is one last thing we need to do and it's been requested by ryan dogleish that we look at our listeners' leagues teams to beat. Now, myself and Jack have already gone through our teams to beat uh, last week, but now I would like to hand over to you to discuss yours and Ryan's listeners' leagues teams to beat. Yes, uh, so I'll talk about Ryan's as well. I asked him to send me his uh, justification for his team 
because this is all thing with his idea. This Listers League team to be well, by Mr. Bloody Listers League. But uh, he justifies his team by just saying, you know, short season, all about the rumble. It's an opportunity for champions to defend their titles to less value. Tag teams are also less valuable in the rumble season, so it doesn't really contribute a lot. So he did end up taking the Luke Triple S as a tag team, saying fair choice, might score highly, but it doesn't really matter. Becky Lynch is his captain, saying he, he thinks he's winning the Rumble to Rumble. Also put Bailey on his team all over Raw and Sunday SmackDown. Solo Sokoa is on his team, saying take advantage of that bloodline points for appearances. May have a decent Rumble showing. Jenna Baszler involved with Ronda Rousey for appearance points also might win the Royal Rumble. And he's also got Malachi Black and was all over Dynamite and Rampage a few weeks ago, backing on him to do it again. So while I quickly find my listening lead team, what is your thoughts, Dave, quickly on uh, what Ryan Douglas has said about his listening lead team to beat? A bit of a bold prediction going for Becky Lynch as the, the Royal Rumble winner, but my my stock's still on Ray Ripley to win the, the Rumble this year, but Solo Sokoa had four appearance points alone, so having his association with the Bloodline is definitely a smart choice. Lucha Bros, he's clearly taken a, a bit of attention with the Best of Seven series between Death Triangle and the Elite for the trios titles. Shayna Baszler's still kicking around in the uh, SmackDown women's title scene associating with Ronda Rousey. Although there is a gauntlet match already been taped for next week's SmackDown, I don't believe she comes out the winner, so that might push him back. Bailey across both shows is a bit of a no-brainer as well. But um, yeah, I think that's it's not the best team I've seen on paper, but the I mean the scores reflect it. You know, he's currently sitting 37 points overall, which is a good good bit down compared with the rest of the the listeners league players. Uh, and he also, he's actually above Jack, though. Jack's only on 33 points at this stage with his team. He's putting all his stock in the Royal Rumble. But one thing, actually, that came up that I almost forgot is that Matt Riddle, who's on Jack's listeners' lead team to beat, and more importantly, he's also on Ross's team. He's oh, also yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, he's been, uh, he's been written off TV because he, he's been busted for a second drugs violation. Jesus. So that's an even bigger hit for Ross's team. You know, one person gets released and the other is basically suspended because of drug policy violation. He really is putting all his face on Buddy Broad and the Usos, isn't he? Pretty much, yeah. I mean, given their past performances, they've actually done pretty well. Yeah. But uh, looking at my team to be, I don't think I have anyone from my actual team in this, I realise. But I thought it doesn't really matter if I not really about picking people that I already have on my team. It's just imagine if I was in the listeners' league because when you pick in the actual draft, basically doing best your best position on who will score the highest based on where you're picking from and who hasn't already been taken. Whereas here you've got pretty much free reign, so I tell you I took advantage of that. Where I got the Usos as my captain, as also we've already talked about the benefits of having the Usos with the captaincy on them. And I got Kenny Omega because unlike Lucha Bros who are already three one up, I think nearly are winning this this best of seven. So I think. They're 3-1 down, so they've got three big wins coming their way. Mm-hmm. Uh, i got Samoa Joe, the undisputed king of television with that TNT title. got Orange Cassidy as well. I know I took a heavy AEW team, but again, it's a listeners league team. It doesn't matter. And plus, these guys are all in top championship positions because Orange Cassidy is also the All-Atlantic champion, and he's been defending that fairly regularly. I also have Shayna Baszler, who I think is more of a Rumble con- contender than Becky Lynch at this stage. And I also have Asuka. Yeah, you almost forget Shayna Baszler is a bit of a dominant performer in Royal Rumble matches. You know, she finished uh, top four this year. 
She's got the most eliminations in one rumble joint with Bianca at eight. I think, you know, elimination points alone, you know, Shayna might just surprise us. But on the Listeners League team to beat standings uh, with the rest of the Listeners League, guess who's at the top? It is yours truly, but with 56 points just behind Anthony Reynolds. Largely, I think, thanks to Braun Breaker's title defense at NXT deadline and damage controls. Uh title defense on SmackDown. Scott, you're second out of the four of us. Uh, you're on 50 points, uh, just behind well, Craig good. Forsyth and Elliot Cantor. So just outside of the top five of the... Actually, no, just within the midst of the top five of the Listeners League. But Ryan and Jack are a good bit down. You know, 13 points separate you and Ryan. So I think we've done we've done good so far in picking our Listeners League team to beat. Uh, Ryan and Jack have got a lot of catching up to do. But as you mentioned, the Royal Rumble is going to be the, the deciding factor here. Uh, you know, because, you know, that's really all I wanted for Christmas was to really be potentially, metaphorically, in the top five of the Listeners League. It really makes this past year, all the struggles, all that worth it. I don't mm-hmm. need any fancy presents or fancy Christmas dinners. All I need is the Listeners League. Sorted. Well, that'll be your that'll be your stocking filler for this year, I imagine. But on that note, just want to say happy holidays to all our participants, both in the main league and the Listeners League. We hope you have a a wonderful festive period. Uh, there'll be no Saturday Draft Live next week because, well, it's Christmas, of course. Uh, yeah. We will uh, we will pick up with you lot in the new year and we will have at least two weeks worth of point scoring to catch up on. So I hope everybody has a, a good Christmas, good, uh, good holiday period. And if you want to follow Eat Sleep Suplex Retweets back catalogue, you can find Saturday Draft Live and past episodes, including... The Season 15 Selection Show, which is now on Spotify as well as our YouTube channel. You can follow us on social media, uh, at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at Suplex Retweet. And, exclusive, we are also now on TikTok. So be sure to find us there, uh, at Suplex Retweet. We've had a, we'll be posting regular clips of every day, and we will also be aiming to post the, the, st- the rankings from both the main league and the Listener's League uh, on our TikToks. So if you follow us there, you can keep track of the the rankings on a week-by-week basis. So make sure you do that. So all that remains for me to say is thank you, Scott McLeod, for hosting this final show of 2022 with me. A pleasure. A Merry Christmas to you and to all, unless you're in the Listener's League, in which case, bah humbug. (laughs) And from me, David Hockney, I'd like to say Merry Christmas, you filthy animals, and a Happy New Year. Goodbye.